My grandpops was a man of respect. Had to sweat just to cash checks. Working from sunrise to set. Every day hit challenge. No trade okay. to balance. Let me just pull out some stuff. Guess what? What? We're, on We're already recording. <laughs> IML. You know? You knew? This whole time you knew? No, I was not anywhere near my microphone. Oh, okay. I was not even at the computer. Anyway, I'm pull, hi, everybody. I'm pulling, out like, I'm pulling out, like, everything that she can summon because I feel like that will be what's important <clears throat> during the discussion. Nah. So, you know, that shouldn't be right, right? No. I pulled out horrors and things. Okay. Uh, game update. Game update. Hi, this oh, is Alex. Welcome to uh, Mistakes Were Made podcast. I think my mistake that I made today was stealth starting the thing before we both had to go on treasure hunts for cards. So that is the mistake. Sorry about yeah. that. I'll probably edit quite a bit of that down just to the choice bits. I think there's a part where I did like the old game show voice where I said, what Al doesn't know is that we've been recording for 30 seconds. Uh, yeah. But you were, you were not air for that, so it was... I was in the other room. Maybe a little moot. Maybe I'll cut down to just that, and then all of that crap in the middle where, until when you come back. Yeah, game updates. Stop snoring. It's not... Why don't you just have your own podcast without me, I guess? No, because I value your input, and I certainly don't know enough to talk about it all by myself. So <laughs> what I'm hey. trying to say, Alan, is I need you. Cool. Nice. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Uh, so let's talk about the games that we played. You go. Do you want to do your two at the same time because they're kind of... Because I didn't take any valid notes. Yeah. It's a blur in my head because I played yeah. basically the same crew both times. Yes, I, I would like to do that. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so I played two games last Wednesday on uh, up at Flatlands. And I played Mizaki both times, putting me at four games with Mizaki. Nice. I played her in Ten Thunders. Uh, and I ran. It was basically the reason I played two games is because the first game ended very quickly with lots of dead Arcanist models. And then we had an odd number of players, so uh, GT wanted to play a game and he hadn't gotten to yet, so we, I just left my models on the table. I think I swapped out two models and played another game. Nice. Just based on the flips. The first one was game was Turf War, and the schemes were fairly irrelevant. I think he took Distract against me. Maybe Breakthrough. But uh, mm -hmm. it was pretty lopsided. He brought Marcus. He had the... I don't know the names of any of these models. So I know Kojo. He had Kojo. He had okay. the Snake. The big snake. The razor spun rattler. He had two Sillerids, Miranda, and uh, he probably had something else, but I don't remember it. Did he include the best beast in the game? He had the little cat pack thing. The whole cat pride. Or cat pride. No, that's not and, the best. And, and the jackalope. Do you want to know? Do you want to know the one secret that I know about playing a Marcus crew? Yes. The best beast in the game. Mechanical Rider. <laughs> yeah, sounds about you right. You bring a Mechanical Rider and you bring a Rotten Dog, and then the Rotten Dog bites it and gives the Mechanical Rider rabies, and now you have a beast. That sounds amazing. Anyway, 
I don't, My only I'll trick, you know, from workers players. You're welcome. Uh, I'll go ahead. Mention that. Uh, this was uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I, this is the first time I've played him, I think. But uh, this was his first time playing Marcus, so I might have to mention that one to him in the future. Although I think he's one of those guys who doesn't have a mechanical rider just yet. So. Oh, those poor bastards. That's what I say. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, <laughs> Being two of the people who do think, have mechanical riders. I don't own a mechanical rider. I don't know. I thought you did. About. No, I just managed to finish second place playing Arcanist in a tournament without one. So. Oh. That's my claim to fame. So you don't need a mechanical rider to do well, but it helps. the guy who finished first had a mechanical rider and was playing Arcanist. So. Oh really? <laughs> I thought maybe he had a mechanical rider and was playing Leviticus. Oh, that would be also good. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Please continue. I don't need one for Arcanist. I need one for that guy. Yep. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so I played Mizaki, and then I I put myself a challenge to play with uh, Ototo and Yamaziko, mainly because I kind of feel like I've just been discounting them for no reason. And one of them proved herself worthy. That kind of gave it away a little bit. No more with suspense. The, yeah, with the, with the gender bias, yeah. Yamaziko. Uh, she came up big in actually both games. I played them in both games. The first game of Toto really didn't do much. He sort of meandered up the board. I, I, this is I'm really mixing them up at this point, but I think I had I had plant uh, explosive in the first game, and so did my opponent. That was one. So he moved up and placed a marker, and then sort of wandered around trying to hit stuff. But Mizaki and Tannen and Graves, which were my are my my best friends for Mizaki in Ten Thunders. They just sort of decimated, smashed. Tannen Graves are, are so good as as just stand, two standalone units in any crew, like that you can put them almost anywhere and have them be successful. Yeah, and Tannen's aura definitely benefits Mizaki a lot as well, just because of his negatives or making people cheat. They uh, have to discard a card to cheat. Discard a card to cheat, yeah. Because nothing Mizaki likes more than opponent with not any cards in hand, so... Yeah, because then you can rock her decap, they trigger all day. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it was really good. I ended up, uh... We basically called it after turn three, where he had he had some models left on the board, but it was not looking good. Like was the first game or second game? This is the first game. Okay. Uh, it was basically, uh... At the end of turn three, it was pretty much just Marcus was alive... Kojo was dead. The Razor Spine was almost dead. Battling with... Uh, that was... Oh, I brought Yin in that game as well, which is just, you know... Insult another injury. fun one. Yeah. yeah. So Yin was doing some work on the Razor Spine. Uh, the tr Pathfinder, the Guild Pathfinder, I know I brought a model from every faction I could, so... <laughs> He he did he got a red joker shot off and blasted onto some stuff and killed stuff real quick and then Mizaki just sort of came in and assassinated a few things and we decided that uh after, and this was after I got my three points for plant explosives, so I even got to lock those up, which is really good. The biggest mistake in this game probably was uh I don't know, this is it's a hard one because it was one of those real lopsided games, but it could have been a lot closer. Uh, I would say my placement of a Toto and just sure. not really being... You know what? This was squatter's rights. That was what it was. It wasn't turf war. 
I don't know why I said that. Which is why Yamaziko is really good, because she's nimble. So she's able to, even though she's only walk four, she can get up the field still. They both have big three-inch engagement range, which is fantastic for squatters' rights. Yamazika and Atoto. So they did a lot of work on the left flank and killed Silurids really well, which was good. It got me a big advantage on squat writer, squatters mark, squat markers. Mm. Uh, then plant explosives, I managed to sneak out three fairly easily. And then I don't remember my other uh, scheme, but it didn't really matter because his were distract, and it's really hard to distract models when most of your stuff is dead. Yeah. But, uh, I've learned that. Yeah, that's that's right. And then I and I managed to avoid plant explosives. I think he got he had a couple markers down, but didn't get enough to really make me to force me to give up three points. So hmm. anyway, that was the first game. Tannen and Graves did a lot of work. They're just fantastic. Uh, the Pathfinder did work. Yin didn't just tied up the razor spine really didn't get to kill him or do anything too brutal to him but you know kept him busy kept he's him... usually he's usually a really good lockdown like he he yeah i think he's one of the best sort of tar pits enforcer level tar pits right mhm like he's not a he's not a metal gammon he's not a you know yeah. drowned or whatever but he he can lock a guy down for literally the entire game if you get lucky yeah if you get the right cards it was uh, it was a game I didn't get a lot of good hands, but I was getting good flips off of that. Like I remember distinctly on turn two, I think I drew. This is after discarding a few low cards. I drew like two aces and two th and three threes somehow. <laughs> and I did have the black joker in hand, so it was like my hand was black joker, two aces, three threes. So it was a Jacob Lynch hand, that's what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And then and then I burned a stone and I drew two twos somehow. That was the weirdest. <laughs> Needless to say, after getting those eight cards plus the three I discarded that were like a three, a four, and a five, my my flips were really good that turn. <laughs> and that was something where I knew it I was gonna happen, so I was just like, Well, I will push and not worry about cheating. He didn't have terrifying or anything other than the razor spine has terrifying living, which Yin didn't care about, so it sort of let me push in and not really worry about that, which helped. Anyway, you want me to talk about my second game? It's very similar. Yeah, go ahead. I played Mizaki again. I said that already. With the Toto, Yamaziko didn't change. Graves and Tannen stayed in. I dropped Yin in the Pathfinder for an Oiren and there's something else. It's got to be an archer. It probably was an archer, yeah, I think so. But I didn't bring the upgrade this game, the archer upgrade. About this guy? Yeah, because with one archer, it's kind of an odd, it's kind of an odd take. With two archers, if, like, if you want two archers, then it's a nice addition. I think we talked about this a little bit last time, how it's sort of a, uh, it can force your opponent to make plays a certain way. Yeah. Or they're going to get blown out by it. But in this game, we were playing uh, Headhunter, so I wasn't really looking to do a ton of range damage. You know, just because in Headhunter, doing a lot of range isn't the best. You're going to be dropping heads too far away to do stuff with them. Although sure. their ability to shoot into combat is could be really good in that. I mainly just brought it because I wanted to try not playing with Yin 
in that crew. So mm. try something else. And I, I do like the archers. I think they're they're nice uh, models. They're so, like the uh, Ten Thunders uh, sniper, except yeah. that they also have the Katanaka sniper. So and they're and they're only a twelve inch. <laughs> <So, yeah. laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> no, they're they're solid, and they have that gun line ability with that upgrade. If you want to do that sort of thing. Yeah. And it does warp the game a little bit, which is nice. But yeah, this game we played Headhunter. I had uh, um, Vendetta. Vendetta is the one oh, for lower stone model targets. That's probably and why you brought the Archer. Nope. I ended up going with Yamaz just because of deployment. Or no, I guess I picked before deployment. But I went with, just because of cost of stuff, I went with Yamaziko versus uh, Coppelius. Oh, yeah. Didn't end up working great. My original thought was to do Graves versus Teddy, <laughs> which is a little bit of a up push for him. He, uh, uh, let me just go through. GT was playing Pandora. It was his first game with Pandora, I think. Sure. He brought Teddy, Widow Weaver, which are his best friends, Cade, a couple of Sorrows, and uh, I think... Do you have a Silurid? Why not? Else yeah, wouldn't you have a Silurid? Yeah, but that was he had the basic crew there. Uh, he brought oh he brought Capellius obviously. I said that. Uh, so yeah, he deployed Capellius off to one flank, and uh, Yamaziko. After I knew I was taking Venda, sort of deployed across from him, in hopes that they could meet up. She's got the nimble in charge, which she can get pretty far with with her three-inch melee range. Yeah. So it's from Vendetta. It's she has like a five-inch walk, right? And maybe a four-inch walk. Four-inch oh. walk. I think her charge is six plus three for nine, so she can get thirteen inches. Thirteen inches, yeah. In a turn. That ain't bad. And it worked out all right. And I got the first point for Vendetta. I announced it because I was not sure she would get to kill him, just because of. Uh, you know, I wasn't. She's not the killiest model, but uh, I announced it and proceeded to not be able to kill him at all. Like, <laughs> obviously. So uh, yeah, she got some hits on him. He kept so Ototo and Yamaziko were basically going after him pretty much exclusively, but he kept tying up uh, Ototo with Alps. He would summon an Alp in front of him so he couldn't get around, you know, he'd have to walk, he couldn't charge in. And I realized turn five I was just being really dumb about it the entire game. Because Ototo could have Did you say Dreamer or did you say Pandora? Pandora. Who's summoning out? Capelli. Okay. Capellius can just Capellius summon. Can summon I I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's not my, my cards, man. Uh, I just assume that GT's an up and up guy, because he is. But <laughs> You're probably right. I just don't know very much about the, the no, those yeah, models. Yeah. I don't like the look of the Capellius models. I've never liked the weird eating eyeballs things. It's sort sort of a, it's a trigger. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he was doing that. But I, the mistake I made, which was so I kicked myself when I realized it, was that he was close enough that I could have walked a Toto around the Alp or just through him because he doesn't he can walk through stuff, and been and engaged him in melee range. With a Toto, because his three inch, his giant three inch range, it's like he was only four inch. He was less than you know. He was enough that I could have gotten hits in on him and not worried about Alps, mm. which would have been great. And I would have probably killed him 
It ended up being an 8-8 tie in six turns. We went to six turns. It was a real close game. Um, oh, it sure sounds I, like yeah. I got a big lead. I got plant explosives off for three points. And then my second vendetta, obviously. I got a one point for that. I think in the end I ended up killing him and getting the second point for Vendetta using Mizaki in turn six, which was just silly. Um, he took Distract and... There was Actually, I killed him turn five. He took Distract and uh, Plant Explosives as well. Like I said, we were doing Headhunter, so... I got a real big advantage early with Tannen, uh, forcing some discards, getting me to be able to assassinate some stuff. Graves went just was really good in this game. It was oh, we weren't playing Headhunter. We were playing. Oh man, I'm getting this all mixed up. There's too many. There's too many Dreamer and players and stuff. I can't. Remember. You know. Yeah, this was Headhunter. I don't know why I said that because I played Graves versus Dreamer in Infiltration. That was before last podcast. So I already talked about it. Infiltration, interference. But, uh, yeah, so Teddy got beaten up by Graves real quick, which was fantastic. I managed to push him away from Widow Weaver to ignore some of his shenanigans with markers. I didn't realize it when I was making the crew, but versus Neverborn, Yamaziko's really good because she's immune to horror duels. I had uh, Graves, who's immune to willpower duels during his activation, so I ended up getting a big advantage thanks to them. Right. You know, against Pandora. Just no terror, no... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so Graves uh, was able oh. to take... Graves pretty quick beat and, the uh, shit out of Candy, which would be great. He didn't bring Candy, oh. but yeah. Had he? Graves did a lot, lot of work. He was beating up stuff. He was pushing stuff away so that I could claim heads. You know, he'd push the oh, model yeah. into my backfield, then kill it, and then I, you know, the heads in place where my Orion could just pick it up super easy. Right. Um, eventually he got distracted and I only had three models left I had Graves, Mizaki, and Ototo so it ended up on turn six I ended up killing Graves which is how I tied the game because he was one of the distracted models mm. GT did have some confusion about the head markers she might have changed the outcome he thought that he could get more than one point by claiming a second one so he tried yeah. to do that on turn five or six and yeah but I, I think it wouldn't have affected the game. He just had Cade, who would have charged probably Ototo and done some damage to him, but I didn't need Ototo alive at that point. I needed to kill Graves. I needed to not be distracted. Right. <laughs> and the easiest way was for Mizaki to murder him. <laughs> Which she did. Yeah, it was a real fun game. I Like I said, my messing up with Ototo, not pushing for that uh, thing... Probably not having Graves be on uh, the Vendetta. Right. He's really good at it because he can push the stuff away and isolate it. But yeah, it ended up being pretty pretty good game, so can't complain too much. You want to talk about your game? Yeah, sure. Uh, I Because I wanted to play her two weeks ago when I was at the Friday Night LFO, I decided that this week I was going to go in predisposed to play Perdita no matter what. Um, we wanted to do one of the new strats, so me and Dan of 
before we begin, Dan. Um, this how we are going to do, uh, what the hell is that one called? Extraction? The yes. one that's like Mobile Turf War? Um, mm -hmm. I, uh, I played a really odd Perdita list. I spent all 50 stones. I had two stones in my cache. I played Perdita, I think, with uh, Trick Shooting. I think I had all three, all, all three uh, Perdita upgrades. So she had both of her zero actions. She had uh, the Willpower Aura, because I was facing Neverborn. And she had uh, the other one that gives her good things. <laughs> Hold on. Let me grab the book. Or uh, Ancestral, Trick Shooting, and Osveo. The one that gives her stubborn, which ended up being really, really great. Um, Osveo gives you stubborn, which lets, which means that models, enemies making uh, attacks that target willpower give the enemy model negative twists. Uh, See the Unseen says they can re ignore any duels required for targeting, which means things like uh, manipulative or uh, terror, I guess. Uh, yeah. Ortega, Ortega Presence is an 8-inch line-of-sight friendly family members game plus 2 willpower. That becomes really interesting with uh, with El Mayor. I'll tell you in just a second. Bullet Bending lets you ignore cover. Shooting actions. This model certain shooting actions ignore cover. And uh, also True Mark, which has this model shooting actions ignore incorporeal and armor. Uh, bullet Bending came into play. True Mark did not. Um, so I played... Perdita with all three upgrades. I played Santiago with no upgrades. Abuela with no upgrades. Francisco with weighed in. Um, Sadir with uh, oh god, both of them. Uh, by your side and promises. And the judge with unrelenting leaders. So I played three henchmen. Two enforcers and one master. Uh, and you might think to yourself, six six models in a turf war type event, really? That's what you went for? Yes, that's what I went for. Uh, he played he played uh, a relatively he played a relatively themey uh, Lilith crew. He went with Lilith, uh, three tots, uh, a young, a mature, two Waldgeists, and the cherub. Uh, with with the hope to sort of grow some stuff, he took assassinate and breakthrough. I took assassinate and murder protege on the uh, mature nephilim because it was his highest soul stone model. If he had chosen to do murder protege, he would have had to go after either Sadir or friends. No, for Sadir or the judge. Francisco is cheaper than them. Yes, he is. So uh, Sadir got uh, the shotgun wedding off of um, uh, Abuela, which was why he was then a family, a friendly family model. Uh, and what I ended up doing mostly was um, Perdita and uh, Abuela push Frank around with their zero action and one action obeys. Then, so, so for instance, uh, I think in turn two, Frank activates and charges the mature Nephilim 
hits him twice. Uh, the uh, Perdita activates, obeys him, makes him stab again. Um, kills the mature Nephilim. This is it gets a little fuzzy as to the, the details, but essentially, I use obeys to make Francisco to take ridiculous numbers of attacks, and then. Perdita and Abuela push him into another battle, at which point in time Judge obeys him with uh, his one action off of Unrelenting Leader to make more attacks. Uh, so I think in in one turn I got up to eight attacks with, with Francisco uh, at Combat 7, paired because of Promises, uh, minimum damage 3, 4 if you catch a ram. It seems pretty all right. It was it was it was pretty gross. Um, <laughs> you don't say. One of the turns, I think, like I I think I shot with Perdita's gun maybe three times in the game. I think I got really lucky with my with my mid ramp with my mid masks, so I could cast obey a lot. Essentially, what I did was cast obey a couple times a turn and uh, cast finger on the trigger uh, because I couldn't get. Um, to the point where I had line of sight or good cover on models that I actually wanted to kill, so I was just like, well, I mean, here, you, you're you in a better position. You take a stab. You take a shot. Uh, but And that might have ended up being my biggest mistake at the end of the day, was there's probably a point in time where I should have pulled her back a little bit or actually made her a combat entity and, and let her... The problem was he, he was frontlining Vaultgeists, and so her main attack is a shooting attack, and with their perfect camouflage, even though I'm in melee, uh, I'm at a negative twist. Yep. Still counts, because I ran into that with gunsmiths a while back. Just like, oops. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I could shoot at you with a negative twist, or I could focus and shoot you, or I could obey Francisco to move, and yeah. then obey Francisco to stab you. And then afterwards I realized it would have been better to obey, Franc obey Francisco to move and then obey the judge to cast his action to give Frank an attack because he could trigger to make him take a second attack. So I can turn one obey into two attacks. And since it's a tactical action, I can technically make him do that again because it wasn't an attack. Yeah, it seems all right. So if you've got good mid-masks with Perdita and Judge and Frank and Unrelenting Reader, and he's in a good position, you can turn two obeys into four attacks relatively easily. <laughs> Um, I killed uh, the mature Nephilim on turn two, I think, or beginning of turn three. I killed uh, per, or I killed Lilith, I think, on turn four, like my last activation of turn four. I think it was Sadir too, with his with his Gatling gun, with his uh, machine gun. Um, I just rolled in with the judge making Frank take a bunch of melee seven attacks. Sadir making a bunch of shooting seven attacks, and Abuela make a bu making a bunch of shooting seven attacks. And then... Yeah, there's not much that's going to hold up to that. Exactly. And then the judge has Stand for Justice, which could pull people out of combat. Uh, Abuela could take uh, zero actions to pass out our base. Perdita can discard cards to move around. Uh, it, it, was, it was a very synergistic uh, little crew. My only problem with it is, aside from the obeys, which which could be kind of cool in retrospect, Perdita didn't bring a ton to the crew like I've always sort of felt. She's a great shooter, but the guild's full of great shooters, and she's really resilient, but with Frank, anyone could be really resilient. In fact, at one point in time, I put El Mayor on Sadir, 
and he was a family member within eight inches of Perdita. He was at defense seven, willpower ten. Yeah. That's, and, uh... and she tried to tangle shadows on. Well, he tried to tangle shadows on Dita, and Sadir's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and be the target of that. I'm going to jump in front of Perdita, so I'm blocking line of sight, and you're targeting me, and I'm at willpower 10. Wow. Good luck with that. <laughs> so it was, it, was, uh, it was pretty good. It felt pretty good. Uh, I feel like I could have done the same sort of list with... Oh, the biggest mistake for the night was bringing Santiago, because I feel like he's... Can't, he, I always want him to be so good with shooting and uh, the unclosed mask continued to shoot trigger. Yeah. He's, never, he's never in the right place at the right time, and he always shoots poorly, and you never... And you, know. you always want that mask for something else, like Obey. And... Exactly, exactly. So I feel like if I were to play the game again, I would get rid of Santiago, I would bring like a Brutal Effigy and a Litigo Pistolero for the same cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and more activations and two more activations. It would give Perdita some healing, which she needed because she did get assassinated. And the, the Tigo Pistolero would give more defensive flips for anybody within four inches or whatever. Nice. So that would be my my change to that. It would be a that little more like a good good, uh, good adjustment. Yeah, but worth trying for sure. I think it ended up going ten eight because I. I, I couldn't stop him from getting breakthrough because his terror tots, he just flipped so lucky with all of his sprints that he had the backfield blanketed with, uh, with markers. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't stop him from getting assassinate because I made a mistake and left Purdue too far forward without any support. And then I did stop him from getting turn four and turn five of the strategy. Extraction. Yeah, extraction. I was thinking about going with extraction. Yeah, I was thinking about going with extraction and then pushing the extraction marker into his territory and then doing breakthrough, but it felt like it was going to take too long to, to get over there. Yeah, I I just heard about that. Somebody was talking about that. I think it was before we began of pushing the extraction marker up. But uh, I don't know. It seems like it'd be better off to dying strategy points and just having a few guys go up, but there may be times if you're just murdering everything. Yeah. Or if there's an angle where you're going to cut them off from it anyway. But Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you have, if you can, it's a place instead of a, a push, so you could technically put it on the other side of the wall. So if you've got flying units, you could be like, I'm going to go ahead and place, oh no, does it have to have line of sight? You might have to have line of sight. Uh, I know you can't place it on terrain. That's right. So if you could drop it on the other side of a wall and then move your two, you know, flying units yeah, or corporate matters, yeah, through. Then that might be, yeah, through the wall. I'm sure there's occasions go. where it would be good, but it seems very like it would be very corner case. Yeah. Yep. All in all, it was a good game. Uh, again, I feel like I could do the same sort of list without Perdita and still be pretty okay. It was nice to have the willpower buff. I think that once we get avatar rules again, because one of the things that they were playing with with her avatar last time we talked about her way back in the open beta back in, what, January of last year, December of last year, was um, they gave her a mask to her obey, which meant she could obey on an, a 7-up or an 8-up instead of a 7-up mask-up. Yeah. Which made it made her more backline useful. I liked it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, sounds good. So where's that put you at with Perdita? You have two games with her now? Two, or? two games played, that's correct, yeah. The last game, the first game I played with her was a game where she was in Avatar form. So, uh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I've got four games with Mizaki now. Definitely nice. enjoying playing her. She's been fun. I'm looking at trying her in Outcasts, but uh, I'm really nervous about not having my... Graves and Tannen buddies. That's why sure you gotta do it, though. Other stuff, though. I'll sure I'll find other stuff. The thing is, I don't have a ton of outcast models, so yeah. uh, it's one of those ones where. Well, I would suggest Rusty Alice because well, she's yeah, she's really good to bring by herself. She's got a good shoot. She's got some summoning that she can bring, and then you've got you know, four yeah. downfield uh, abominations, which is kind of good. Mm-hmm. Plus, the ability to reactivate stuff might be good. Yeah, that's also true. I don't know exactly how that works. I don't you, you can you not do masters? I assume. You're. Uh, I don't think so. But it has to. You reactivate a construct, and then they reduce themselves to one wound. Oh, it has to be a construct. That's the restriction. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she seems like a a really good one. I'm gonna have to try her for sure. It's non-leader construct gains reactivate. Mm. Do you want to do math now because we're going to do a new segment? Yeah. Uh, that puts me at 70% with the guild and 71% overall. My two big lacking ones now are Outcast and Resurus, so I think, and this is a good segue, that I'm going to have to start putting some games in with Molly because she's the last master I have with only one game played. Yeah. I'm... Um... Moving on up, up to 52% with those two games. So uh, it's not a good segue because I am talking after you. So now. Yeah, I know. That's all right. If you, you should have went second. Well, we can go back to it and then I'll. No, you yeah. just flip it in the edit, right? No, no. I'm actually going to. I'll just uh, make a more clumsy segue here in a couple minutes. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that with two more games of Mizaki, it puts me up to a little bit more over. Uh, 50%. I'm still looking at one, two, a lot of games with uh, Outcasts slash Ten Thunders between Mizaki and Leviticus. Ten games with Gremlins. I only have a few games left with Arcanists. A few games left with Rezzers, obviously, and then Neverborn is my big one that I need to get. Lots of Zoretta, lots of Pandora. I've played Zoraida a bunch. I need to play Lynch, Lucius, and Pandora. Oh, my God. Zoraida's <laughs> at 10 games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've played her a lot because I like playing her. We can talk about her some other time, though. Yeah. We're going to talk about... Uh, well, let me let me clumsily transition here. I'm, I'm a little nervous about playing Molly. The last time I played Molly <laughs> was... was uh, I, I played her against you, and I did really poorly. Did you? What was I yeah. playing? Uh, I think you're playing McMorning. See, in my head, I got him flipped, and I thought I was playing Molly for a second. I'm like, I haven't played Molly on Vassal ever because I've been doing this challenge. <laughs> yeah. I got confused. I'm like, was I playing Spirit Molly? No. Nope, I was playing McMorning. I was playing Spirit Molly. <laughs> so what, what do I need to think about when I'm playing as Molly, my friend Alan, who has played lots of Molly? <laughs> So this is... Uh, he said, transitioning clumsily. 
This is one of the sections we're talking about doing. We got some feedback last week, which was fantastic. Give us the idea to talk about the masters we already know how to play. Maybe it might be helpful for some people. And this time it's going to be helpful for Rudy, who has to play me. Me specifically, yeah. I think I'm gonna. I think it's. I think I'm good for guild for now. My my last three that I got to play, I'll have two games played. Uh, I think I might put the wrestlers back in the bag. See if I can't finish off Kadai and yeah. do a little Terra and Molly, maybe. Yeah, the Murder Sisters. The and Murder Terror. Sisters. They're pretty rough. If you haven't read the latest fluff from the book, oh, so it good. is amazing. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just terrifying. Anyway, uh, so I love Ma- how they interact with uh, with uh, uh, Philip in the in the in the bonnets and everything. Ah, uh, uh, makes me laugh uh, so hard. It's okay. stuff. Spoilers. All right. So Molly is yes the spoilers. Uh, Molly is a master for the resers only. Let me just go through a card maybe a little bit just for fun. Sure. Yeah. As a cash of three. At one point in the beta, it was five, which was amazing. Oh my god! <laughs> I remember that week fondly. Anyway, uh, her defense. Remember that week when you said I have to play her so that they know how broken she is. Yeah, that, that was that was exactly. Well, it was funny because. They nerfed her by like making her slightly worse, and in order to compensate, they gave her plus two stones, which was just amazing. Uh, and she's still really good, even at three stones. Uh, she has defense six, willpower six. The defense has a crow baked in, which comes up in her triggers. Uh, ten wounds, walk of five, zero charge. She has no melee attack, so that's why she doesn't have a charge. Although her casts are non-shooting, so... Don't have a gun symbol, so she can do them while engaged and everything. Uh, She has Black Blood, which comes up on her upgrades more. She has Accomplice, one of her most important abilities. One of the things that makes her really powerful. Uh, Masterful Dead, which is her defensive trigger. After this model suffers damage, it may discard two cards to reduce the damage to one. So that's any amount of damage. It's your Red Joker insurance coming in at 10 wounds. And she also has impossible to wound, which means damage slips suffer a negative and cannot be cheated no matter what. So you're probably going to be doing weak damage to her. She only has 10 wounds, so it's a little bit tight, but she has that ability to reduce anything that gets by sneaky-wise in terms of being heavy damage. Yeah. Uh, eating high minimum damage. Also, it also really gets scary. rid of, um, uh, like, flay. And yes, like yes. focus, focus shooting her. It, it gets rid of the ability to drop in a red joker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's the front of her card. Uh, it also has a really cool picture of Molly with all this like magicy energy yes. coming off of her hand. Oh, so and I can't wait for that model. That model's really good. That'll be a nice box set. And then one other important characteristic I didn't say about the front of her card is that she is a bell. She's a bell and a horror and a master and an undead. Now, the fact that she's an undead might be important to Adepticon attendees because if you play Molly and Kadai as a duo, um, then Molly uh, being attacked would actually trigger malevolence and bring out an Akira. If you're playing some shenanigan games like that, do stuff like that. I Uh, wish we could have done that one day. Yeah, that would have been fun. Anyway, so yeah, she's a. Really good. Let's talk about the back of her card. Okay. Uh, her first ability is really powerful. It's a once per t- 
turn ability, so you can only do it one time. You get one try at it. If you fail, it's all gone. Uh, but it gives... It's a willpower cast 6 with the crow versus willpower, range 8. Uh, and it gives the target a condition till the end of turn called Terrible Truth. They suffer negative on all duels. Ugh, uh, it's like a wounded yeah. gazelle in the Serengeti. Yeah, so if you need a model to die and you can get higher than their willpower, this is the way to do it. I mean, there's at that point, there's very little they're going to be able to do to stay alive. Uh, or just do anything productive at all. Uh, that's her big... Her one of her big guns. <laughs> mm. That's the one that people are really afraid of, and you can you can really mess with people with that. I remember a game I played during a league where this guy was playing Lady Justice, and he just ran her in. And was like, I'm gonna just kill stuff, and then Molly was like, You're on a negative, and everyone's going to kill you as a team. <laughs> just a bunch of little guys, death by a thousand cuts, and it worked out fantastic. Uh, her second ability, which is uh, Revelation, it's another cast. This one's at a 7 versus defense, not willpower. It's important to keep in mind, which is really good sometimes. It's good against bigger models, generally, with the lower defense, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, the target suffers 2, 3, 4 damage. Uh, if moderate damage is flipped or cheated, the target gains slow or paralyzed in the case of severe. Mm. So this is one where if you can get that damage up to a moderate or uh, severe, you're going to paralyze them or slow them, which is fantastic. There's and no trigger on that. That's not a trigger. There are just other happens. triggers which are great, too. Yeah, exactly. That's just the base stat. There's also three triggers. So I said you have a crow with the cast, so that comes with Lost Toys, which is just a crow, so you get it for free whenever you cast. After damaging, draw a card and then discard a card. This is really good for Molly because it lets you cycle through your cards, get some crows for her summon, or suits for other things, because uh, she has two more triggers on this. The second trigger is I'll Be There, which after damaging, push this model up to five inches in any direction. That's on a mask, uh, which is not baked in, so you're going to need the suit for it. Really sense. powerful sense. ability. Move things, yeah. yeah. Really, really powerful ability. Uh, Molly does not like to walk. She can walk, but I find that she rarely does. Whenever possible, she Especially likes to push herself. And back on that bell subject, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, intensity, which is her third trigger, is after damaging an enemy, this model heals two damage, which helps out with that ten wound stat. She can get some wounds back fairly easily on a cast seven if she has a ram or two. Yep. Uh, so that's her offensive spells. Those are both very good. And the I only like thing you don't want is a book. And even then, you can discard it and draw a card. Yeah. Draw a card and discard it if you use the Lost Toys trigger if you're looking for suits. Um, yeah, so those are her cast spells. Then you have her summon. Molly has an interesting summon. I know people have talked about it before, and everyone who's listening to this probably knows what's going on. So this is probably super boring, but I'm just going to go through it real quick. I'm not going to read it. Uh, basically, Molly summons by stealing wounds from enemy models. Uh, so, her summon is range 6 on a cast 6 uh, with a target number star. And the target number star is very familiar for most people who summon. It basically means that you add the cost of the model to 10 plus a crow. So you need a crow and whatever the difference is in cost. So to summon, say, a 
dead doxy, Molly would need, which costs six stones, she would need a ten plus six for uh, sixteen, which means she would need a ten of crows to summon it. And then how it works with, I was saying, they steal wounds from them. She doesn't need any corpses or anything. All it does is any model with an enemy model within three inches they prevent one they heal one damage when they are summoned so they would normally come in if you summon something with I'm just fumbling all over this but uh, <laughs> if you summon something with uh, nothing within three that's an enemy model it'll immediately die if there's one model it'll immediately heal one wound uh, this summon and damage whole thing ignores hard to kill and black blood so you can't uh, like summon something with hard to kill and have it stay alive with one wound and the damage they take doesn't cause black blood that was a big thing in beta where it was kinda silly you could do a lot of damage and then also as a result of the summon any of the models that are in, within three inches that uh, have to pass a target number 15 willpower duel or suffer one damage so that's fantastic uh, sure. It lets you summon the restriction on it though. There's a lot of restrictions. She has a smaller higher summon, uh, summoning pool than most uh, on her card. It's restricted to just Bell minion models. So that is your Rotten Bell and Dead Doxy. Yep. Her two upgrades, her two limit upgrades, let her bring in either horrors or spirits. Spirits, yeah. They basically add that to it. Now, Alan, being a Seamus and etc., like actual Resurrections player, loves the horror version of this upgrade. Me, as a mostly like Resurrectionist dabbler, can I player, like the spirit version of it because those are the models that I own. <laughs> yeah, that's the, I mean, really, it, they're both good. They both have their advantages. There's a lot of good models in both of them that you can pick from. So, I mean, it's really a matter of personal preference, I think. I don't think it's one where one's better than the other. And because bells, the bell the bell summoning is on the base card, you can play without them. Like, if, if all you want is bells and dead doxies, then mm, you don't need no. the limited. But you should take it anyway. I don't think you can play without them. No, I think you should, you should always have them. I don't think one, you but. should. Because the other things on the upgrades that's really important... Actually, one more thing. She has a zero action on her card that is, uh, gives a, a minion model reactivate on a 11 and a ram. Actually, it's a 9 and a ram at range 6. So that's also important to keep in mind. That's her zero action on her base card. Molly has very good zero actions, uh, especially on her upgrades, mm. along with that one. So even if you don't have that, the upgrades, which the, the dueling upgrades, her limited upgrades, don't just have the addition of the summoning, they also give you, they both cost one stone, they also give you black blood to that type of model and bells within one inch, or within six inches of her. Uh, they also give you whispers of future flesh or whispers of past life, which gives her a zero action friendly obey within line of sight and ten inches. So she gets a ten inch Free obey for a zero action for spirit or horror or bell models. That's one of my favorite zero actions she has. If you don't have the cards for MG Vigor, it's great to do that as an alternative. And sometimes it can also be better if you just need it to happen immediately. Mm. 
you know, you and you need it to happen for sure. You don't want to risk Black Joker in your imbue vigor. And since it's a zero action, that's all you get. Yeah. Um, on top of that, she has upgrades that give her... That's not your upgrade. Tears of the Gorgon and Terrible Knowledge? Tears of the Gorgon I don't generally take. It's cost three. It costs three, but it gives you instinctual. Let you take another zero action, and it gives you a zero action that gives you terrifying all twelve. Which is pretty good, but I feel like cost if I were stones. if I were to t- it's cost three soul stones first of all. <laughs> but if I were to take uh, Tears of the Gorgon, my my two would be um, the the Whispers of the Past Life, which is the the friendly obey. And uh, her zero action that's on her card. Yeah, MB Vigor. I mean, if you, I don't, unless you don't have the cards for MB Vigor, then you might do that. I don't but take see, the Gorgon. Go ahead. I feel like it's too pricey for what you get. I've never been like, when I've taken it, I've never been really blown away by it. Instinctual is great, but I don't think it's worth three soul stones. Even if Molly's up, these directions are fantastic. I don't know. I feel like I feel like three soul stones. Because you know you're you're choosing between imbue vigor and your and and uh, whispers of a whatever past life future whatever um, yeah but if you take tears of the gorgon you can basically guarantee an additional five AP and the potential of imbue vigor or terrifying yeah. I don't know, man. So three soul stones for five free AP, and then also some potential for that reactivate. Or if you don't have that, you can use Gorgon's Cry, which is a, you know, the the give yourself terrifying defensive. Yeah. I think. I mean, I guess that's probably preference. About Molly is that she, I was talking to Joe about this a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned this to me, and I have been thinking about it a little bit, not nearly enough to really talk about it clearly. But <laughs> he mentioned that next to Ramos, Molly is probably the most AP-efficient summoner in the game. Yeah? Yeah. So for every AP she spends, she's going to get more AP than most other people spend. Mm. Well, Nicodem. Because Nicodem is going to be able to summon something, and then it won't be slow which, on its first turn, which is great. And then it also can turn that into a fast zombie or whatever, and then you can get an extra AP that way. That was annoying. I just realized uh, that I need to start keeping clips for a bloopers episode. Alright. <laughs> and uh, that much of the song Bohemian Rhapsody will go on to that bloopers reel. <laughs> Perfect. Alright, so Molly is way more AP efficient at summoning than Nicodem. Really? Just a fact. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Because so, because he can you can give him reactivate and an extra AP in the first turn. No, turn-off. no, because oh. Nicodem. Everybody forgets this about Nicodem. Nicodem needs corpse markers to summon stuff. Nobody forgets that. Yeah, they do. I mean, oh, they do. Everybody knows you need corpse counters for Nicodem. 
when they when they don't they don't think about it when they're actually doing it. They're sitting across from Nicodem. Sure. The fact that Mortimer's taking AP to make corpses for you. Okay. To then do that summoning with. Also, this comes back to Molly having accomplice. He might he's I mean it's close, but I feel like she has an advantage. It's easier for her. Does that make sense? So she's summoning something which she can Im immediately give one AP to for free with her zero action if she can't reactivate it. And then she can accomplice into it and it's gonna get two AP for free. And it's cost her one AP and a zero action to gain three AP. Or no, two AP. Yeah, because it's got slow. It's still got slow. Yeah, it does have slow, which is unfortunate. But then they're forced to kill it again. So Interesting. you're wasting their, because it's getting someone to right up in their face. What about what about Dreamer? Is Dreamer because he doesn't need corpses or anything? Yeah, but he needs. T I don't know. He's also got a six holster up. Yes. To be able to do it, but. Like, he can do that, he can... I don't know. That's, I think that's a, lot a wider conversation. Accomplice. Yeah, I think we should maybe have Joe on and talk about it, but... Okay. Uh, we'll talk to him about it more. But she is very efficient at her summoning. Let's talk about... Uh, let's talk about summoning and why it's a trap, and then we'll move on to the... Uh, uh, the schemes and strategies portion of our discussion. What do you, how, do you, how do you feel about that? It sounds good. Okay. Uh, so here's the one thing with Molly that uh, about her summoning is that if you just summon, you're not going to do well. Uh, you need to look at the summon as an attack, really, and it benefits from them clumping up against you. If people are willing to do that, if they're going to put a bunch of models together, go for it. If you're going to be able to summon something in with a number of rune, wounds go for it. If it's got something that's going to benefit you in terms of getting points, do it. But I feel like you can't ignore her revelation attack. It's a cast 7 versus defense with that it doesn't uh, it ignores engagement, ignores line of sight, or not line of sight, not, uh, cover, so you're not at a negative ever unless they have some sort of inherent thing. It does good damage, has good triggers that do really nice things for you, uh, and she can really bring some pain to people. Uh, the summoning is great, but you need to use it to get you points, not as a... Like Nicodem will summon things just to send up the field and do stuff. The summoning Molly does has to be productive right away because stuff's going to die, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and then on top of that, like... She Nicodem summons backfield. Like he makes a corpse counter yes. backfield. He summons backfield. They run upfield, and then they and then they interact the game. Molly's mechanic for summoning requires enemy contact. Her summon is within six inches. Her her casting action is within eight inches. She's a midfield master, if not a relatively close range master. Yeah, she's definitely not going to be sitting in the backfield. That's what I was saying about. Walking around, that comes into some of the models that play really well with her too, though. Mm. So, uh, yeah, definitely the the summoning can be good, but she's also got a real good attack 
and she can use it as an attack. You need to focus on knowing the models to bring in with it. When to bring them in is very important because some models just work better with it. Uh, and sometimes it's just better just to shoot at them a bunch because you can do a lot of damage that way and really get a huge advantage with her triggers. Those triggers really do help a lot, being able to push around the field. Yeah. You know, you're doing an attack that is also letting you move, which is fantastic, or heal you. I feel like the thing that I really want to do with Molly from a summoning as an attack perspective is if I can drop um, if I can drop Revel or Whispered Secret on a person mm-hmm. and then summon a Onryo, because again, I'm a spirit I'm a spirit person. I like the spirits. If I can bring an Onryo in next to them and then drop a vengeful no, Mark of Jigoku on them then all of my spirits would be at a positive twist to attacks and damage, and they would be at a negative twist to defense, which would just further doom them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest thing about the summoning is just knowing when you're going to get the advantage from it versus not. Like, knowing the cards you need to summon is important there, and just what they do. So, like, if you have two models next to each other and you can summon a pocket punk zombie, that might be worth it because it's going to take them 2 AP with hard to kill to kill it. So you're spending 1 AP plus whatever and then you get another AP for free from the punk zombie plus his 0 action if you want to use your 0 action to give him a 1 action. That's another AP and then they're wasting 2 AP to kill this model that you just made out of an 11 of crows. Mm-hmm. And that's all it costs you. Yeah. Uh, th- that's the kind of advantages you need to look for. Uh, we can go into her summon models that like she likes to play with a little bit, maybe. That might be a good way to do it. I'm, like I said, more much more familiar with the horror models, so maybe I'll just go I, I, think that, I think that diving into what models are are like good with her will probably come out of the other part of the discussion. The game, that, yeah. Yeah, and when like, she starts to play. Well, yeah, not only that, but her too. when we talk about, like, yeah, exactly. you know, she's, yeah, good right. at, she's good at Turf War, so you'd probably want to bring Horror yeah. Bell and summon Flesh yeah, yeah, yeah. to the... Mm-hmm. You can't Oh, that's sad. No, so you'd right. want to summon Student of Viscera in there. That's the thing about Flesh Constructs, when they have 13 wounds, they're awesome. When they come in with two wounds, not awesome. Oh, that's also <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I guess... Yeah, let's talk about some strategies. Sure. Do you want to talk about uh, mostly old strategies since those are the ones we played with her? I mean, we can we can uh, postulate on the newer ones, but yeah, I think so. Cool. Let's take a look at the first old strategy. A ram would get us turf war. How is Molly at turf war? She's it's probably one of her favorite strategies. I would guess she likes to. Uh, when models clump up against her. Turf War, the thing about it is, if you're playing against somebody who knows what they're doing, we'll keep two models in the edge of the circle. On opposite ends. Spread out and yeah. just spread out and have people supporting them and sitting back and sort of ready to jump in there if need be. The advantage you have is that you're you're almost always going to be able to get Turf War because you can do the same thing. Molly doesn't mind sitting six inches away from people and casting at them. Yeah. Neither do a lot of her friends. Like, uh... Bells. 
also bells, you know, with the lure, the ability to pull yeah. stuff in. Yeah, or yank people out. Yeah, exactly. Could be really good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, turf wars. It's one of those ones where. Let's 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 uh, elaborate into uh, extraction as well because extraction is sort of turf war-y, but yeah. it's got a little bit of that movement thing. Like I feel like Molly would be really good at extraction because if if it's close, like if it ends up being Molly's at three models and they're at four models, yeah, she can get that. You can, you can summon one in. Summon and, and they're going to need to clump up because yeah. the movement for the extraction is. Based on the most within three inches. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, if they're trying to move it, you're going to be able to get an advantage there by summoning. Or most within six inches. I think it's within six, actually. I don't know. I, I don't can't know. remember. I don't have it in front of me. They should get, like, a strat or scheme deck with those in it. They will eventually. Probably with um, the... Yep. They might do one with the bunch of us, whatever's coming up in the next beta. Yeah, I'm sure they'll make something up. Yeah. Uh, it'll be great. Yeah, but extraction I feel like she could be really good at just because of that ability to summon stuff Yeah, right next to stuff late game. Um, she's got a good cast, which ignores engagement. Well, the other thing is she could move in on a bunch of models who have come in for the extraction, and this might be one of those times that you actually do want to bring Gorgon's tier because if she can swing in, you know, swing the amount of models into her favor and then yep. drop Paralyze on a bunch of people so they can't even follow it, yeah, oh, mm-hmm. that'd be brutal. Seems pretty good. Yeah, so that's uh, turf four and extraction. I guess we could talk about. You want to flip one or what? No, I've got them right in front of me. Okay. Well, what's the next one? Oh, do you want to just like do you want to do a flop? Just just a basic flop? Or do you want to do? No, the, right. uh, the next one would be crow, which is reckoning. Reckoning, eh? Reckoning is not Molly's favorite strategy. This is one of those ones where you're not going to summon a lot if you're playing Molly. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, because her summons all come in really close to dead. That minions. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, you want to... Well, Reckoning, though, they don't, it doesn't matter if it's a minion or not. Does They're it? just... No, Reckoning's kill two models. Two or more enemy models, you're right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, she can do this one cause, mainly because she has good attacks that don't require her to summon. Hmm. Uh, she can reactivate stuff, but you're not going to be doing a lot of summoning. If you are, it's going to be something weird where you're out-activating them anyway, and you're like, well, I have a hard-to-kill model, or they haven't killed anything yet, and they don't have enough left to kill two things. Yeah. So you're like, well, I'll give you one thing. Or they're clumped up enough that you can get them healed relatively well. Yeah, this is where one where, like, if you have an 11 of crows, you might go for a punk zombie just because of the hard to kill. It's going to take them AP. You're going to get to do a bunch of damage. Uh, things like that. Yeah. They're going to take black blood. And it really depends on who you're playing against for reckoning. It can be a really tough slog for her. But that's where the casting comes in. Yeah. Uh, so Reckoning correlates to Headhunter. Yes, it does. Headhunter, I think, is one that Molly could get behind. I think she'd be great at it, and let me tell you why. Uh, okay. One, she's 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 got the synergy with the bells to begin with, so she'll have things that are able to lure things out of melee range to keep people from interacting with. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, she can, you know, give, reactivate, and... Well, I mean, she's got... She's got a relatively decent damaging attack. 
Yep. And then she has accomplice. So it's like, I'm going to go ahead and hit you. I'm going to kill you, drop a head marker. All right. Now I'm going to use a zero action to give that bell uh, an AP, and that bell's going to lure you away from the head. Now I'm going to accomplice onto that punk zombie who's going to walk over and grab the head. Yeah, the accomplice is the number one thing. I feel like in Headhunter, models with accomplice are very, very good. They just give you a big advantage because they can kill something and then say you pick up the head on your turn, even if they don't have enough ATP to do it themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she'd be very good at that. Uh, her summoning, might again, might not be the best option there. Uh, you have to pick and choose your battles there. If you're if you're really engaged and you have a bunch of stuff engaged, it might not hurt to summon something, but you don't want to uh, be summoning only near enemies in order to like slow them up because right. they're gonna kill it and they're gonna get points. Sure. Um. Yeah. So that's that one. Uh, the next one is Reconnoiter, which is uh, the four table quarters. Reconnoiter is one that. Molly can do. She's not... Uh, it's not a clump-up one, but like I said, Turf War doesn't end up being a clump-up one if you're playing against people who know what's going on. So I feel like she can do it mainly because she can cast very well. Her models that she brings with her have some good mobility with bells to let you lure. She can summon more bells. She doesn't have to worry about her stuff dying, which is also great. So she can summon something in let it do its job, and then don't not worry about if it dies. Mm. Uh, but it's probably not it's probably not her favorite, but it's also a decent one where she can do it just by you know spreading out, focusing on her casts, her pushes, her lures, and stuff. I think uh, that this game is really good in the in the every master can do everything, but this yeah. given. You know, all things being equal, Reconnoiter might not be my first choice. Uh, oh, Molly might not yeah, be my first yeah. choice for Reconnoiter. Yeah, I know. If Reconnoiter comes up, I'm probably going to bring out Nicodem if I want to win, like, for sure. Or, you know, there's other options in there, too, obviously. But uh, she can do it if you need her to. It's just all, it's about knowing your your scheme pool as well, you know, comes into that. But uh, How, Now, on the other hand, the analog to this is uh, Interference. Mm-hmm. I think Molly's yeah. going to be f***ing baller at interference. Well, if she can control activations and get ahead of you, y- yeah, you're going to have a tough time because she can summon stuff that's just going to engage you. Yeah. And then you are have to kill it in order to not be engaged anymore or walk away. Either way, it's going to be rough. Yeah. And I mean, that might be a good time to do the, the horror style because punk zombies have a two-inch range. Um, I don't know if there are any spirits that have an easy two-inch range. Shikome, I think, are one. Yeah, they have the two-inch range. They have hard to kill, so they come in. If you can summon them, they're really good. If you can get them within two, they'll be at two wounds. Granted, in interference, if you're playing against Molly, I would suggest not leaving models within two inches of each other so that if you do summon something, it's on one AP and hopefully not hard to kill. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not if it has one uh, hit point left. Okay, and then... Last one interference. So then our last standard, last standard is, is... Squatter's uh, Rights. Squatter's Rights, eh? Yeah. That's one... 
That's another one where the lures come in handy. Dead doxies are great in squatters' rights. Because you can lure people away. Or you can do the take the lead to push yourself up to the marker and them away from it? Uh, yeah, basically. That's, That's how dead doxies work. That's fucking good. Real good. They basically uh, have a zero action, which and you can summon these dead doxies, which is awesome. Mm. And they uh, cast it against your willpower. They push you away and then whatever direction they want, I believe is how it works. I've got the card I can pull it I'm getting it out right now, but I can't remember because I haven't played Resers in so long. It's very sad. You're like at the tail end of your playing them, and I'm at the... the Push this model up to its walk towards the target, so if I'm sitting there, I push... And you're sitting on a squat marker that you just flipped. I push my walk towards you, and then push you, your walk, in any direction. So whichever way is best Oh, God, it's so good. It's like, I'm going to go ahead and push... Me up to your squat marker for a, for a zero action. Yep. Then I'm going to push you towards my punk zombie. Then I'm going to take a one action and flip over this marker. And then you have one AP left to do <laughs> whatever you want. That might be one where I should probably start considering line in the sand because you're already there, and with the dead doxies doing the pushing shenanigans, you're going to have that extra AP. They yep. can take defensive. They can just, you know... Do something first. They drop scheme markers, whatever they need to do. Yeah. And Molly can summon them, which is awesome. Uh, so that's that, and then we have. Uh, I don't know if there is a really good squatters rights analog. The other non-Joker strategy is. Oh, maybe Headhunter is the. Yeah, I think that it falls in between those two pretty good. Actually, um, that's another thing we can talk about at a different time, though. What is the What is the last one? Why can't I remember? It's the last one I haven't played. That's uh, claim the stash. Claim the stash. Split turf war. Honestly, I haven't thought about this one with Molly at all. It's two markers. They're blocking uh, terrain. There's ten inches apart on the center line. They block line of sight. They're five inches tall. Um. You need to have models within two inches of them, but it's only one model. So I could see Molly summoning not being fantastic at this. Yeah. But at the same time, she has a cast that ignores cover, so they're not able to use it for cover. Oh, yeah. You can cast in there. She has pushes, which are good. She has a push on her base card, which is good. Um, and, you know... I feel like she can do it. It's another one where I'm not 100% sure. I've only played the strategy once, and I've never played it with Molly, obviously. So, right. Yeah, maybe that's one we'll have to look at at a later date. Now, the Joker strategies are going to be another sort of mixed bag for her, I think, because I feel like she would be great at sick claim. She's got some good stuff there. Because she could, she could like, I mean, she's got Krulagans, which are good which, just yeah. to begin with. And she can uh, summon them if she needs to. With and, the and on top of that, she can do the thing where she, you know, she summons something, or she, like, she a model gets pushed close with a bell, and then you reactivate the model that is in position to move and make a new claim, you know. Yeah, the reactivate will come um, in handy there. Also... Just the ability to summon stuff and tie stuff up 
at that point, they need two AP to drop a uh, claim marker, so you summon something, even if it only has one wound, they have to kill it, and suddenly they don't have enough to drop a claim marker. Also, she has Philip, who's got Chatty, and I've brought Mortimer with her in the past, just as a, because it seems like it, he's a good guy to bring with her at times. And he has Chatty. Oh. You can shut down a big section of board with that, which is good. Yeah, he's a model in the faction. Yeah, oh, no, I know what he's done. I'm trying to think of what he would bring to a Molly crew. Chatty. Besides, besides Chatty. A big shovel. Take okay. people with. <laughs> and the ability to push your crew around even more. Movement shenanigans. Oh, yeah. Because of uh, the fresh, fresh meat? meat? Yep. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's got some, some synergy. I mean, it's not... Optimal, but if you really want the chatty aura, if you're doing something where you're trying to deny a lot of interacts, mm-hmm. he's good. I mean, he's solid, and he's uh, can surprise everybody. He's got a melee seven on his shovel. You can also throw corpse bloat on him and things like that, which gives us one of Molly's big theme things: is that she makes a lot of corpses. Yeah. She's generally summoning stuff that drops corpses and killing stuff that usually drops corpses. You know, a lot of stuff in the game does. Yep. So you n- want to find a way to use them. Uh, there's a couple of upgrades that let you do that. You have spare parts, which lets you summon off of corpses. It's uh, any master one. This is part of the reason why I think I don't like Tear of the Gorgon is because I want spare parts, and that costs two. Costs mm-hmm. two, unless you summon rogue necromancies and guild autopsies, with their, which are both fantastic. They're also both horrors. Yes. So you've already got this horror synergy going. You can already summon guild autopsies, but if you can summon the, you can't typically summon a rogue necromancy. But no, if you've got tons and tons and tons of bodies laying apart around anyways, you might as well go for it. Mm-hmm. Another good option is to bring Tashiro and let him summon Ashigaru. Yeah, he can also be good with his auras of giving positives, flips. Yeah, he's super good. But he's definitely not Molly's favorite henchman. Neither, that- none, of, none of these people that we've mentioned is. That would be Madam Sybil. This throwback to when we were talking about how Molly is, in fact, a bell. God, I'm going to have to buy the Shadows of a Red Chapel box just to yep. play Molly. Or just get an old Sybil. I could mail you yeah. mine. Yeah, yeah. They're both awful. I need to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to buy a proxy. Just proxy it. Just proxy the model. That's fine. Uh, so Madam Sybil, I'm not gonna get into her too much. She's Seamus's box henchman. She's cost eight, which is not expensive at all, and uh, she gives bells plus within six inches plus one to their walk, which Molly's a bell, so she gets up to walk six. With she starts an activation within six of Sybil. Which is awesome. And then the other one that affects Molly specifically is her zero tactical action call bell, which is cast six. You need to get to a 14 to get it off, which would be an eight. And uh, it's range 12. Place target friendly bell in base contact with this model. Mm. So, yeah, basically if you see Molly, you have her in trouble, or she's too far out of position, Sybil can take her turn, and then for a zero action, place her into base contact with herself. 
this can be really powerful. Uh, it's right out of everything, yeah. Being able to move your master 12 inches, up to 12 inches on the board. And it's a place, not a push. Yeah. So you can... Put her behind that matter. great big yeah. fatty. They're both 30 mils, but yeah. Oh, are they? I thought she was on 40. Nope. Really? 30 mil. If only. That would be amazing. Yep, she's a 30 mil. Okay. Yeah, so that's Madam Sybil. She's, you know, I, at first when I first started playing, I didn't really get it. I got the, you know, the two things, but I wasn't a big fan of Sybil ever, really, even when I played Seamus. I just didn't really get it, but, you know, for eight stone, she just brings a lot to the table. Right. Or Molly, specifically. Um, and then, oh, we forgot about Claim the Bounty. The last one is Claim the Bounty, yeah. I think Claim the Bounty, on the other hand, is going to be one that she's relatively weak at, for the same reason that we're worried about her for Reconnoiter. In that... Reckoning? Reckoning, yes, Reckoning. Because her it sort of shuts her summoning down because you don't want to create things that are going to be really easy to Bounty point up on. Well, I don't think you're going to summon it. I think you're going to rely on Whispered Secret and Revelation. Yeah. Because if you can take and, down big models early, then yes. you get lots of points for them. Depending on how... The, this is the thing that Claim the Bounty that's going to get brought... you know, figured out over the next, you know, bit of months, is how do you make crews for it? Reckoning, there's a pretty standard, you know, I'm going to bring really big models that are hard to kill and do lots of damage. Claim the Bounty has a completely different feel. You've got a lot of models that uh, you know, just aren't nearly as difficult to kill. You can play with a smaller, less elite crew and get more points by swarming stuff and killing it. Yeah. You could because also there's different values for everything. You could also bring like relatively high value beaters and tanks, but then bring a lot of low value buffers and healers which causes them to have to take out your ancillary models while you're taking out their bigger models yeah, I think in order to some, take down. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. I really like the, the, the flavor of the Collect the Bounty. One of the things that disadvantages Molly is the Necrotic Machine. Her totem is a minion, which is sad for her, because peons do not give you any points for Claim the Bounty, Yeah. which is why I think Seamus is going to be awesome at it. <laughs> <laughs> As everyone knows, the copycat killer is a peon. And also super good at killing things. So Yeah, so he can jump up there. In order to keep you from yeah. not killing him, in order to keep you him from not killing you, you have to spend AP to kill a thing that's not going to net you points. <laughs> yeah. He's not that hard to kill, though, so... That's good. Anyway, yeah, so that's the strategies... going to edit it out to it's sort of seamless. I don't feel like it's... Yeah. We might as well just be like, alright, so what about, uh... I'm going to go Skeet. ahead and do a clean... We're going to do a clean break. Alright, so you're gonna, when are you doing the clean break at? Right. Fucking, oh, you're going to do it. Here it comes. When I clap, this that's the clean it. break. Okay, so I shouldn't talk right until you clap. <laughs> it's going to be like a, a, an audio <laughs> spike in the thing. It's going to show me Got where it. to cut. Alright. So what about, uh... <laughs>
<laughs> so what about uh, what about let's talk let's talk schemes because we talked all the strategies and we talked some of the schemes last night and I'm probably gonna put some of that stuff in there because it was yeah, we had some good stuff uh, but we'll we'll I'll, I'll pick and choose um, I don't remember <laughs> it, was, it was you you sounded fine it was it was a little rambly but you sounded okay you sounded like you were you were keeping up I knew was, I wasn't it was when I was like further. It was like, so what do you think uh, Molly is scared of when it comes to schemes? And you're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was done, man. Nothing. Um, nothing. Let's think. We we were. Uh, <laughs> I don't. You're probably gonna have to put another point in after this and cut this. But uh, no, that's we'll, okay. We're. I think we're just rambling. So. But uh, yeah, because we I was out of town for the weekend. We went went on a little trip, you know. Yeah, I heard it. You told me. I, I don't remember where, though, because everyone yeah. was going on the trip over the Martin Luther King Day weekend except me. Yeah, uh, we went to Ann Arbor, just, you know, not too far. But Well, Jesse went to the freaking beach. They went to Cannon Beach, and I'm like, where's my bike? I want to go to Cannon Beach. Yeah. Jerks. Well, so, you know, we were doing stuff all weekend, so I got back, and I was real tired, and I was like, I'm fine, because normally I stay up until, like, 2 in the morning anyway. Yeah. But it's like after driving and we went shopping and then we had game nights and we were playing board games with people. Holy crap, yeah, that was a full day. It was a long day and I was just like, I'm fried. I can't no, talk anymore. I'm David Bowie. Yes. Um. <laughs> so, it's yeah. a really good sequence. Yeah, I wish we could incorporate the audio. but I can. I can do we'd that. We'd get sued by HBO, right? Uh, unless it's something like under I'm thirty seconds, like you can do fair, fair, fair common. common There's no way they're gonna sue us. Like one of our two hundred listeners works worse for them. What if the flight of the Concord guys listen to us though? If the flight of the Concord guys listen to us and we use their clip, they're probably gonna be like, "What? That's fucking awesome." That'd be really random. I think I that might be if we incorporate yesterday and today. That might be my third f bomb. Oh, at least you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. All right. So let's so let's, start. So let's clap. <laughs> so I'm gonna clap. All right. So okay. no, I think all that's going in, man. That's all good. Well, it's need to clap cold. too, though. It'll be funny. Okay. It's gonna be a five-hour-long episode. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and plus, you singing Bohemian Rhapsody for ten oh, minutes. It's gonna go. <laughs> it's gonna go under the uh, under the blooper reel. It's going on the blooper reel. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so schemes. What I did, because I wanted some structure for myself, because I was, it was being ridiculous, was I pulled out some schemes that I do like with Molly, and I'm just going to talk about them. Perfect. That's exactly what we're looking for. And I think the way I phrased the question last night was potentially a little overwhelming when you it was coming at your blindside. Yeah. But, uh, that, I mean, I should have done a little more looking, but I was out of town, so. Anyway. Sorry. Uh, I pulled out four that are ones that I like generally, but I really like with Molly. I, you know, you understand what I'm saying? There's some schemes where you just like them no matter what. Yeah, no, they're they're in your they're in your wheelhouse, but yeah. particularly in Molly's wheelhouse. Yeah, and a few that actually I don't normally take that apply to her a little bit more. Oh, nice. Uh, so that that I look at more closely when she's up. So I'm going to start with the ones that are in my wheelhouse that I think Molly does particularly well. Depending on how Rudy edits this, it might be the second time we talk about them. 
So. <laughs> no, I, I think the ones last night were just like. Uh, uh, we talked about plant explosives. I know that. Yeah, we did talk about plant explosives, which Molly is good at, like I said earlier. And then I said uh, something about what about deliver the message. Which she's also good at because she has accomplice and an ability to push a model with her zero action, make them walk, and then they can immediately activate and deliver. So, which is pretty dope. Yeah, you can. Or move you can your, do a super fast model like a Kruligan or something, reactivate. Yes. And then, or, you, do you know? Do you know how? Do you know that the uh, about the errata on reactivate, or not the yeah. errata, the FAQ ruling, nope. on reactivate, a model that has not been activated that has reactivate and accomplice or companion can reactivate itself. It can take two actions back to back. Wow. Do you know if Kruligans have accomplice or um, they do not. I'm oh, that'd be extremely sure. Because if they could go, alright, I'm going to go ahead and place this key marker here. I'm going to say I can't take interacts for the rest of my activation. And then I'm gonna walk, and then I'm gonna reactivate myself, and I'm gonna take it in a two-action interact. Yeah, yeah, they don't. But I don't. That's too bad. Very sure of that. But yeah, the the deliver message with her is good because she has the. I mean, first off, resurrection is to have a model with leap. Any faction with a model with leap is gonna be good to deliver a message. Second off, she can obey stuff to take a one action, meaning that if something's just outside of range or ability has the range to walk to it. She can make it walk, accomplice. And they can deliver a message, and then it's done. Uh, and it's three points locked up if you reveal it, which I normally do. I don't feel like I have too many problems with it. The trick is you have to, you have, when, you're, when you know that there's nothing they can really do to stop you, Yeah, that's when you reveal it. When you want to spring it on someone, you're ready to sacrifice a victory point knowing that you're then going to have to deny two victory points for a win. And then that's better. Like if you if it's if I reveal this, I'm going to not get points for it. That's when it's like, well, I better settle for two. Well, at that point, I would look at another scheme. Exactly. Ninety percent of the time, I would just say, well, if I can't do it without getting full points, I'm going to try and do something else. Anyway, let's talk about my other two ones that I pulled out. These are ones that I don't like as much in general, but I like with Molly. Mm. Uh, number one is assassinate. Uh, yeah. Molly has the ability to kill a master. With she can focus on them and kill them. Uh, she can give them a negative on everything at a cast six. So there's a few masters with higher willpowers that can beat you, but if you come in with a red joker, they're not going to stop it. Uh, I mean, there's a few that could, but yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, you know, like Zoraida, Perdita. Yeah, you yeah. know, there's there's some that can avoid it, no, but you can play That's around that. And if they're wasting their card on that, then you're going to be able to attack them with your cast 7 versus their defense. So, yeah. you know, and just do damage. Uh, I feel like she can get Assassinate done when she tries. The before turn, uh, end of turn 3? No, it's on or before turn 4. Yeah, so before the end of turn 3. Oh, it's on turn 4 also. So, yeah, she definitely can get that done by turn 4. Uh, if you put the resources into it and really focus on it. Granted, there's, obviously there's masters that are good at not letting you do that. Yeah. But that's why you get five choices. Yeah. Uh, my other one that I I like, but I'm, I'm not, you know, enamored with, but with Molly I do like kicking a lot more is Distract. Um, 
this comes up just because I like to engage stuff when I'm with Molly. Yeah. And you end up with models who want to interact. You generally have <laughs> no, uh, right. I mean, more you... activations. Your models you summon can't do it, but they're focusing on killing stuff and then tying up stuff, meaning they can't a discard distract. Or if you summon something at the end of the turn, and yep, then... and then you get an activation next turn, and they can distract. Exactly. First thing they do next turn is distract, and they have, then they have to kill that model. They're taking black blood damage. Yeah. You're I think forcing activation. Yeah. That's the thing about it is that Molly has a lot of... likes to play with a lot of small models, so you're going to get more activations. You're going to get the ability to distract, and then it's going to be tough for them to get rid of it. Uh... Also, you you want to engage the enemy with her a lot, so distract is always good when you're yeah. up close and with everything. Those are the four that I pulled out specifically. There's three other ones that's sort of... One is Frame for Murder, which I generally like a lot. Uh, just, Put it on a Necropunk. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of models that are going to... Oh, especially with Molly, she has a lot of cheap cores she can bring and make them annoying, giving them reactivate and stuff and, you know, pushing them up, getting them in your face, and forcing you to kill them. So she's, she's got some abilities to do that with her obey and her reactivate thing. You know, if you push the model up fast enough and make it annoying. Also, she likes Kruligans. Kruligans uh, have from the shadows, so they can get right up in the middle and just they're not difficult to kill. I mean, if you... If there's a... If there's a like, if there's a breakthrough or an outflank or a plant explosives or a plant evidence or something, that would be a great time to be like, here's the here's the frame for murder bluff. I'm going to go in, I'm going to start placing scheme markers yeah. as if I was placing plant evidence markers. And they're going to go, oh, God, they've got plant evidence. I have to kill that crew again. And then yeah. three points. Mm -hmm. Or as just a bluff for your other model that has frame for murder on it instead. <laughs> Oh my god. I heard the double bluff was was nutty. Yeah. It worked. Joe did it against me a couple weeks ago. It was it was pretty solid. I mean it wasted some AP on Mizaki. It ended up I still won, but it definitely put me behind a little bit just because he faked real hard with one illuminated and then I proceeded to kill the other one, which was his frame for murder target, so <laughs> uh, Joe, he is he is devious. Yeah. Mine was super obvious, but I still got points for it. So, <laughs> you made it annoying it's, enough that it had to die. It's a pathfinder, so uh, either kill it or it's just gonna keep shooting you. And you're That's playing a dreamer, tries. so the best way for him to kill it is chompy bits. And he did that. That was awesome. Anyway, that was weeks ago. Now, uh, the other two that I sort of threw in there with, the, like along the lines of assassinate, are murder protege, which. You know, same basic same thing. Aspect, yeah. she, she gives them a negative, and then everything gangs up and kills it, getting you the points, which is mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, and then the other one is make them suffer. This one's a bit uh, more difficult because Molly's minimum damage isn't very high, but she has a cast seven versus defense, so if they have minions, uh, she can go after them a little bit and usually get to a positive, or not a positive, a straight flip. And then you can uh, by focusing or whatever, you can paralyze them. You can deal good damage. Uh, also, you generally want to bring Sybil, and she's also a henchman who is good at killing stuff. You can also bring a valedictorian and go uh, yep. horror style. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other option is to bring Val Victoria as a henchman, who is good, especially with Molly, because she's a whore, so you can use your zero action to obey her around, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, she's got good range, good melee. You could have Victoria reactivate, couldn't you? Nope. They changed it. Yeah, they, in the beta it was any model, but it was like an 11 to cast, so they made it lower and made it minion only. Okay. Yeah. So those are my seven that I picked out that I really like. Uh, some I've not played, but I think I might consider is Line in the Sand. Just from the finish the job models that Molly can summon. Yeah. They become annoying and then drop oh anchors. The drones dropping up. anchors on people and paralyzing them on a on like yeah. a single crow or whatever. Gotta, no, yeah. no, it's much it's they made it difficult more difficult than that. You have to have them slow first now. So Oh really? It takes yeah. two hits. But they're still yes, they still are really annoying. And uh, if you don't kill them, they're gonna do lots of good things for me and bad things for you. Mm. Uh some of the other ones Outflank is one I haven't tried with Molly, but I feel like she would be not her best friend because she can't summon. Like a lot of summoners are like, well, I could summon and they could just move over, but I gotta summon stuff engaged basically or close yeah. to it. Also, it's very weak when it gets summoned, so I can't yeah. uh, get the full movement. Uh, I have done breakthrough and uh, entourage with her. Entourage I didn't like so much. I mean, she has a push, which if you can get around it, but I think a lot of times late game, that's Molly is really the key. She does a lot of work, so you don't want to be, I'm going to run away with you. Yeah. I mean, if, unless your last turn is, I'm going to shoot you with my thing, get my 5-inch push, then double walk 10 inches. Yeah. Well, the other problem with it is she also likes to be up in the middle of things, and at some point you're going to have to debate whether or not you want her to be alive or, or save the cards. Mm-hmm. He's not easy to kill, but if they focus on her, she only does only have ten wounds. You know. <clears throat> so that's that, I think, for schemes. Do you have any that you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, okay, I feel like if I'm looking at them from a, from a Molly perspective, Take Prisoner looks really good. Yeah, that was one that I was considering bringing up. Because too. if you if you save like last turn of the game, you save your Molly activation for as late as you can, and then you drop something relatively beefy on top of an already activated model that you're taking prisoner of. Um, yeah. Then you just have to make sure you're not killing that model throughout the game with black blood. Yeah. And, and then but drop if you pick a, a good target, you're not gonna have to worry about that. You know. And you can use bells to isolate them before you summon onto them. Yada yada yada. Yeah, you got a lot. That's not a bad choice, especially you can summon dead doxies and push them around also. Yeah. yeah. Take Prisoner is one I, I don't take a lot, but it's one that I think Molly can do fairly well. I mean, and the other ones are ones that Rezzers are just good at, like Power Ritual and Protect Territory because of the... Because, because of the fish and minions. Yeah, because of Kruligans and Necropunks. You know? mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you right. do that always, basically? Yeah. I mean, you summon a necropunk, you accomplish it, you make that necropunk jump behind a wall, and it's yeah. safe enough. Yep. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's it. What what were some of the mistakes that you made with Molly early, do you think? Like, things it's that you... Weird. Because I started playing her in the beta. Yeah. So, 
some of the stuff I made mistakes with became stuff that was better or worse. I think in the beta I was definitely summoning way too much. That was back when Revelation was even more ridiculous than it is now, though. Yeah. <laughs> so whereas I was summoning a lot then, uh, I think that's better now than it was then. But I think back in the beta, it was summoning was just not as good. Hmm. And Revelation uh, was ridiculously better. Yeah, well, it did blasts and all sorts of crazy stuff. It was it was silly for a while. Um, I think the other thing, one of the one of the mistakes that I fell into a lot was uh, trying to force the summoning. If that makes sense. Not using it as a weapon, using it as a summon. Yeah. Like, Nicodem summons stuff that's going to be good for him to push up the field. Molly summons stuff because it's good to summon stuff. If it's not worth summoning something, then you shouldn't. Yeah, like, she's, she's an opportunist rather than a, a yeah. base summoner. Yeah, it's exactly. like, oh, I've got four models that are relatively weak all next to each other. I'm going to go ahead and summon this thing that's going to be good against all four of those models. And... Or, you know, I've got, the, I've got the ten in my hand, and I'm fighting a mostly living crew. I'm going to go ahead and summon the student of Viscera. Yeah. And then I've got a terrifying living thing inside of your living cluster. Hooray! Yeah, and looking for your opportunities where stuff is clumped up is important, but not trying to force it. I think yeah. That always, that's always one of the big mistakes, I think, with Molly is just... So couldn't you also use bells to create an opportunity? Like if you if you create a line from a model that you can lure to a model between those two models and then lure them into each other, or lure a model into a pack of models and then something from that. Yeah. You can do that. I mean, like, cuts down on your AP efficiency. Though. That's true. Uh, one other one I did, a mistake, was discounting the necrotic machine. He's a good summon. He's got some real nice abilities. Uh, he goes down real quick. Yeah, he's he's a fun one. He uh, is a horror and a spirit, so you can summon him with either of her upgrades. It's uh, Molly's totem. He has insignificant, so he can't interact, but he is a minion, so he does count for things that count minions, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, Reconnoiter, yes, etc. Yeah. He has an ability that gives him crows... Uh, when he discards a card or a corpse marker, which can be good with Molly, as you're generally going to have a bunch of corpse markers sitting around. Uh, and he has a bunch of triggers that use crows on his attacks, so they're real handy to have. He has the ability to be summoned at 10 inches instead of 6 by Molly, which is one of his biggest things, because sometimes you're going to end up not quite in range, but not wanting to push up so you're not getting charged. Like, because if you get into six and you're not summoning enough to tie them up so they can't charge, you're going to want to summon from farther away so that they can't get at you as soon. Uh, so that 10-inch, being able to summon at 10 inches is great. He also has super accomplice, basically, or super companion for Molly. He can, activate, he can activate after her no matter where he is on the board. Wow. Yeah, yeah exactly. It doesn't matter... Uh, if you can see him or not, just he can immediately activate. So you can summon him at the 10 inches, and then he can go, which is great, because he's going to die really quick, and you want to be able to use him before he dies. 
Uh, on the back of his card, he's got one attack action, which is Necrotic Injection. It's on a five with a crow baked in. Versus defense, range one. It's got a one one six damage track with three triggers. The first one's Infect, which is just inherent. Plus, if you discarded a corpse marker or a card, you can have a neck, another crew and get double poison. Uh, you also I have... Two crows. Yeah, there's also two other triggers with the two crows, so this is a good reason to discard that card or corpse marker to get the advantage here. Uh, you have, after succeeding, target gains the following condition until the end of the game. Black blood. All models without black blood within one suffer one damage. This is important because... Uh, Molly gives out black blood to horrors and minions, or horrors and bells, or spirits and bells, depending on the upgrade. So if you have a model that needs to be up in there with everybody, like Sybil, who doesn't have one of those characteristics, you can give her black blood. He's uh, like a mini black blood shaman. Yeah, so he gives it to her. It stays on her till the end of the game, so she's not taking damage from your black blood guys. Which it is, is nice. a condition which can be removed by an enemy if they yep. wanted to. Yes, it can be, but, uh, you know. I think the other trick is Oh, yeah, the other trigger is awesome. Uh, <laughs> this one's an after-succeeding one, which is great, because on a 1-1-6 damage, uh, they can prevent... It's easy to prevent, prevent yeah. Prevent it, so they can't prevent the damage and then avoid it. Uh, so after succeeding, the target must discard a card and suffer one damage or gain paralyzed. Uh, this one's a really nice one. Dude, card denial is fantastic. Yeah, you, you're getting cards out of their hand. You're dealing damage more damage, so it takes you from... Or one. you're making a, a thing effective. Yes, you, or you're paralyzing a model. Yeah. If you can catch them with no cards in hand, it just paralyzes them, which is fantastic. Yeah. I've done that to a couple of, a few times versus Dreamer. And since his cost is two, he can get summoned on what, an 8-up? He comes in... For some reason, I have six written down. Yes. Yeah, uh... Yep, because her cast is 6. Uh, 10 plus 2 is 12, so you need a 6 of crows. Huh. He's very yeah. cheap. He's the cheapest thing by far. The next is a, an 8 of crows, a cruel and an autopsy. So if you have that 6 of crows, he's what you're going to be summoning. Um, you There's could no use it for other things. There's other uses for that crow, but he's a good one. He's annoying. You have to kill him. You can you can auto activate him and try and get your your six of crows worth out of him in one AP. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, let me see what else you could technically get for a six of crows. And you're not going to get an imbue vigor off. No, yeah. There's nothing on Molly's card. Uh, uh, if you look at noise with our mouth at the same time. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> the uh, crew again. Nope. Never mind. Yeah, there's not a lot for six of crow that's going to be really better. I mean, what's the what's the leap on a necropunk? Seven, I think. Yeah, it's seven. Yanked. Okay. You need a seven. They have the suit built in. Yeah, six of crows turns into a, a summon. Why not? That yeah, no, it's really good. Fort health. It's pretty yeah, easy. So up the top, top. Yeah, if you get a couple models near him. And that's another thing is people are expecting you to not be able to summon at 10 inches. They're, they're trying to stay 6 inches away. So they're more likely to be clumped up. You're more likely to be able to get them at a range where they haven't gotten to spread out as much yet. Well, and can you 
No, you can't make someone take a zero action. Okay. Because he's also got a zero action that we haven't, haven't talked about Brethren yet. No, I was just about to. Go ahead. Uh, Brethren is his zero action. It lets you summon off of corpse markers. No, it's not. No, no, I'm no, thinking no. of guild autopsies. Never mind. Yeah. Brethren is uh, a forecast on uh, an 11, of crow, 11 and a crow to get it off. So you're going to need a, what is that? Seven? Yeah. Seven, a seven of, crows. of crows. Or a seven uh, and a corpse marker, or a seven and a yeah, card. With his discard ability. Uh, range eight, all friendly bell spirit horror models in range may push up to four inches toward this model. So when you summon him downfield, he uh, has the ability to bring stuff up, and you can get a lot of free movement out of that, which if you're doing an early turn could be really good. Uh could be really good for things like turf war where you need to move stuff to the center. Yeah. Just oh, there's a lot of good options with that ability. Oh my god. Or like uh, on extraction where it's like, alright, end of turn's coming up. I'm going to go ahead and summon my, my uh, necrotic machine. He's going to go ahead and zero and I'm going to go from you know, two models within six inches to uh, five models within six inches. That's another one that used to be ridiculously broken though. That's the one where it was he. It wasn't a zero action. It was a if he dies. Yeah. So you summon him somewhere where he cannot be alive, and he dies. And and he he dies. Yeah. Everybody gets a free push. Yeah. So you can do it multiple times. Is there still something like that that you can do? Maybe with Mm. or something. Nope. I don't think so. I mean, you have Mortimer as the fling rot, which you can do multiple times. Dude, summoning Doxies has got to be good because they have the final Encore ability, which gives out fast. Yes, they're very good to summon them. They're good to summon with something like a Punk Zombie. Uh, a lot of times people will focus on the Doxie because it has it's easy to kill. Mm-hmm. And then you give your Punk Zombie fast, which cancels out the slow, which lets him flurry. Flurry, yeah. So... If you can get to two with them, it's really nice for that ability to do some extra damage. You get three attacks, plus the attack that you probably used on Molly's uh, zero action. Yeah, so. Some of the other stuff you can summon that's fun that we haven't talked about. We talked about pretty much everything. Yeah. I mean, the, the if we, we could go into in depth on the types of models that we're going to be summoning, but I think at this point it's yeah. it's rehashing. Like, yeah. I think yeah, and this is an experiment. And if we went too in depth and you need more of something or less of something, you you leave us comments in the in the email or the Twitter, and we'll 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 update it. We're yeah. willing to grow. We're willing to change for you. Let us know yes, if you guys you. liked the segment. It was probably a little bit long and crazy just because we had. A dropped call at one point, and then we paused and came back the next day. So, depending on how much editing Rudy does, it'll be uh, interesting to hear. And look forward to my uh, my reports of playing Molly coming back after this conversation. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Cool. So that's I think that's the episode. Uh, it, yeah. Follow us wanna- on Twitter. Do you want to talk about something really cool real quick? Yeah. Uh, I the the Wave Three beta came out and it's got uh, rules for um, uh, 
scenario, not scenarios, uh, uh, campaigns. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was talk to Joe about potentially doing a cheated fates slash mistakes were made campaign where it was mm-hmm. just you and me and Adam and, and Joe and we do a vessel uh, campaign. Okay. I think that would be fun as hell. Yeah, I haven't gotten to the camp. I haven't read those yet. Maybe we'll talk about those next episode. I looked through some of the stat cards briefly. Sure, yeah. There's some interesting stuff. But uh, I mean, I, I am certain I'm going to start playing the um, the models that are like the souped-up effigies. The emissaries? Yeah, the emissary. I'm certain I'm going to start playing emissaries because it gives me a reason to play my avatar-sized mm-hmm. models. Yeah, they, it looks like they look like it's going to be an interesting yeah. setup. They got some fun abilities. It's only a six-week beta, so get in yeah, there, guys. That is, test. Fucking, that is fucking blistering. Yeah, it's going to be quick. I mean, there's only, there's not a ton of stuff in it though either. It's not like a full. Well, set, so. there's like six models per faction and a whole new system of campaign rules. Yep. And avatars, which I don't know if we're going to get a ton of tweaking because they're they're less concerned about balancing them since they've already decided they're not going to be. The the big the big decision that got handed down was these aren't going to be for tournament play, yet we're leaving ourselves the option to create a tournament tournament balanced. Yeah, I like that part of that, but I think we should save this. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about it maybe this weekend and record it and post it. And cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. You can Twitter us on at MWM Podcast. Uh, email us at something.gmail.com mwmpodcast.gmail.com uh, <laughs> Eventually I'm going to remember it. But, uh, well, it's the same thing as our Twitter handle for that, yeah. But there's no at. Well, there's an at after it. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Thanks, guys. When I was a top, my mom dropped fables and stories To warn me of the dangers that were laying before me To keep it in a rest and she would hide the lesson To guide my direction, provide the right message In time I developed a sense of her embellishments Hence I was rebellious against what she was telling me When I was a teen I pretended that my demons were friends I defended the place, yo and that was the case Slurred speech dripping off of my face The world creeped as I slipped to the awfulest place You could imagine, not the average things you see on acid my granddad bloody hovering on a speaker cabinet Laughing in a raspy tone Covered in maggots A snack on his mass of the bone I couldn't grasp it Did it double dismount?